Welcome to this week's lesson. We continue with our lesson on crucibles and today we want to make use of 1 Peter 4 verse 12 and 13. Uh, it reads, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Another version says, And now, dear friends of mine, I beg you not to be unduly alarmed at the fiery ordeals which come to test your faith, as though this were some abnormal experience. Today we, we want to, to just look at the portion that says, you know, those fiery ordeals which come to test your faith or which is to try you. We want to talk about, you know, these tests that come to, to, to try our faith, where do they come from? Where do they come from? Now, Peter um, used the word, uh, you know, do not think it strange, do not be alarmed, do not be surprised, you know. Uh, you know, he's saying you guys ex are not expecting uh, crucibles to come. And he's saying, no, you know, we should not be surprised. Now, this lesson, you know, for a person who's also gone through some crucibles, we we tend to have more questions than answers. And this lesson is no different. Uh, I will go through it and I will have questions. I'm not going to attempt to answer those questions. But I'm praying and hoping that as you listen, you can also respond and share your your answer or the answer that you got to the questions I have. And if you have any more questions, you'll also ask questions which any other person can also respond to. So to begin with, so I can guarantee you there are questions and I don't have the answers uh, in this lesson. Uh, so to begin with, we want to look at why Peter says don't be surprised. Why does Peter say don't be surprised? You know, I was thinking about it and I thought maybe it is because of... Um, you know, the verses that we have and the way we've been nurtured. Let me give you some verses that, 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 that we work with and that we grow up and that we calculate in ourselves over time. You know, Psalm says the angel of the Lord encompasses around those who fear him. Uh, Psalms say a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. We've got the story of Daniel in the lion's den, we've got Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. You know, all these lessons from childhood, including David and Goliath, you know, they inculcate an idea that either I will overcome or I am protected from danger or even if bad things happen, they will not happen to me. So we, we are prepared for the good times and not for the crucibles. We are naturing people to, to be recipient of only the good and never the, the bad. So when you hear health statistics, if you hear statistics on hunger, if you hear statistics on crime, you don't think it will come to you. And I think that this is when we become surprised when these things happen. But let's, let's get into where these crucibles are coming from. Where these crucibles are coming from. I chose to group them into three. Uh, using S as the, um, as, as, as the medium. So they'll come from sin, they'll come from Satan, and they'll come as a result of a need for spiritual growth or maturity. For sin, uh, I, I like to call it indirect attacks. 
The verse says, for the wages of sin is death. Now from the moment that sin entered the world, sufferings or crucibles became inevitable. You know, Satan, the originator of sin, and Adam and Eve, the adopters of sin, have caused the world to be a painful place, a place that is inhabited with sin. Now, under this umbrella, we have a lot of other things that show that sin exists. For example, you've got apartheid in South Africa, you've got the genocide in Rwanda, the Holocaust, the slave trade, the 1929 stock market crashed in America. That left a lot of people poor and destitute. You know, even the current conflict between Russia and Ukraine. All these are signs that sin gives birth to crucibles. The people that suffer have not contributed to the circumstances that are being created or that they are experiencing. So, you know, I, I began to appreciate that sometimes, you know, the, the people who take decisions, you know, that harm themselves, like, you know, taking drugs, sometimes it's, it's not exactly their fault. Hear me out. Sometimes it's not their fault. Why do I say that? You know, sin has made our senses, you know, dull to a certain extent. The capacity of our brain to make certain decisions, you know, has been affected. It has deteriorated. You know, when we make certain decisions, sometimes our brains are clouded. It might be clouded with emotion, clouded with excitement, clouded with, um, you know, different things, hormones for, 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 for crying out loud. You know, so sin has affected who we are. We are not as sharp. We're not as alert. We're not as intelligent, you know, as Adam and Eve were. So I want to, 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 to think that, you know, sin has affected how we think and make decisions. And that sin is the author of all the crucibles that we experience. And sin came as a result of Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angel. So Satan is the author of sin. So th these crucibles, I've called them indirect. Now, at this point, I want to bring in another point. You know, that talks about the choices that we make, which I just touched on a bit. You know, uh, it is true that the law of cause and effect exists and it happens that, you know, if you do something, you get a reaction, you know, that, that corresponds to what you have done, you know, and certain choices do have replications that have multiplier effects. You know, is an example that we can throw in is on health, you know, certain unhealthy choices or decisions we make bring us crucibles, you know, certain family life related decisions we make bring us crucibles. I agree. Certain career choices we make bring us crucibles definitely now my questions to you which i would be glad to get answers is now haven't you heard of a person who was health conscious but who was diagnosed with cancer you know or a faithful god-fearing and loving couple that is divorced i mean the person who has made the right decisions choices and supposedly walked the narrow way succumbing to the issues that he was apparently avoiding or meant to avoid. How do we then reconcile the two? Now, the, the second source of our crucibles, I've, I've called it Satan, uh, but under brackets of direct attacks. Now, not only is he the author and originator of sin, that is Satan, but in some cases, Satan does move around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. Now, Satan 
does come you know and directly fight with us and our families and tries to ensure that we remain in a state of discord and disorder now the bible has many illustrations of people that were sick as a result of the devil's attacks through demon possession even in our lives you know we can we can we've heard and seen you know people that have said that you know what they've got spiritual husbands you know we've heard and seen people that have doctors that have said you know what your, your, your illness, we cannot uh, treat it, try alternative methods of treatment, meaning they failed to deal with the issue. We've, you know, the, the, the devil attacks us in calamities by the road, you know, by the sea, you know, and even in the air, in hurricanes and earthquakes, the devil attacks us directly. No doubt about that. Now, a random question. Now, isn't poverty, poverty, an attack from the devil? Some of the crucibles we experience are as a result of poverty, lack of financial capacity to attend to pressing necessary uh, matters. Now, so here it's clear the devil is a, uh, you know, attacks us. Our crucibles come sometimes from an, a di- direct attack from the devil. Now, what do we do? How do we address these crucibles? How do we deal with them? Now, due to time constraints, you know, allow us to have another lesson that is different that looks at how we respond to them. Maybe for today, we just, you know, list them down. The last um, area that I want to talk about is, you know, uh, spiritual growth, you know, spiritual maturity, you know. This is when crucibles come to refine us and make us better people. You know, I'm talking about the clay in the potter's hands, the thorn in Paul's side. Jeremiah says, behold, I will refine them and try them, you know. It is said we, we are supposed to grow and become perfect and become spiritually mature. You know, I have questions. Now, definitely crucibles and problems and challenges make people better. They mold people's attitude better. Uh, some better, some don't, you know. But my question in terms of, you know, how we are refined by this, which I would be glad to have responses is, is there a way, you know, to know that I have matured to the appropriate level of perfection or or level of maturity? Is there a way of knowing? Now, if I have matured or become perfect, you know, is the crucible removed? Or I will remain with that crucible till death? Now, does perfection through suffering or through crucible leave room for choice? Have I chosen righteousness or righteousness has been placed or thrust upon me? These are the questions I have for you. I pray that as we continue to learn, we might be able to get these answers both from the word of God and from each other. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen.